0: Hi, I'm Megan Segura.
1: And I'm Eric J. Mack. And this is The Daily Dish, Bravo's
0: official podcast. To celebrate part one of the Summer House reunion, I had to immediately talk to Kyle and Amanda all about it. Because guys, I had so many feelings after this reunion. And honestly, they were the best people to break it down with because it turns out they had a lot of feelings also. So here's that interview. All right, Kyle and Amanda, thank you for joining. I really wanted to talk to you after I watched the first part of the reunion because, oh my God, it was insane. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Where do we begin?
0: (laughs) Well, here's my first question. Do we think Hannah's going to listen to this interview? Because it seems like podcast interviews were a major source of the drama in part one of the reunion.
3: I have no idea. I feel like, I mean, me personally, I feel like I'm always sent clips or like synopsis of like what, you know, has been talked about, but.
2: Where I'm confused is Hannah's out there doing every podcast, you know, that has a microphone (laughs) and she's talking about us as if we're the ones doing all the interviews. Right. And like full disclosure, I only do the interviews Bravo asked me to do. Right. (laughs) So I'm, it's 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 knows? just confusing at this point, because we went in, you know, to the season thinking we were in a decent place. And then out of left field, you know, she's on podcast saying that we don't like. Her.
3: Apparently, a podcast are the only way we are communicating these days. So if she listens. Hi, Hannah. <laughs> I mean, I
0: imagine it must be. Hard and somewhat similar to when you're doing your confessional interviews because, on one hand, you want to be honest about what's happening but on the other hand, these are real relationships and talking about someone. Like, I mean, I just imagine it's a, it's a struggle always to kind of rehash the drama.
3: Yeah. And I think that there's, I mean, at least I can only talk for myself here. There's always been, you know, some level of respect, you know, just the way that you wouldn't like publicly bash one of your friends, just cause you got in a, got in a fight. You want to just no matter how you're feeling, like once you've had time to reflect on it, just talk about it, like more respectfully with a clear head. And that's how, you know, I've gone through these past few years.
2: But yeah. I mean, we've never had someone just on a press tour for three months talking negatively and and quite frankly, spinning lies. So I, I don't know how to deal with it, but we did the best we could on the reunion.
0: Yeah. So during an interview backstage before the reunion, Paige, said, you know, maybe I'm naive, but like I don't think it's going to be as bad as
3: people are thinking it's going to be. Did you know it was going to be as bad as it got? No. I think we went into it just hoping to like just actually like hash things out and have conversations and, you know, have people actually like acknowledge what they've done or like at least some sort of like understanding and it just was kind of mind boggling all over again
2: <laughs> i was hoping for the chance to talk things through and shed some light and add some perspective but she basically quadrupled down i mean
3: and it wasn't just with us it, i mean it's everybody. it's everyone at the reunion there was and it keeps saying this but it there's no accountability taken for actions with anyone that she's hurt or upset uh, over on, the years on
2: multiple occasions we had to remind her that what we're talking about was either filmed or recorded. Yeah. You know, like there's no debate and we're giving her the chance to take some accountability and there was zero. And I think it's just, yeah, it went worse than we thought it would because I had no idea that that was possible.
0: Even when when Carl, Or Danielle would try to sort of help her out and like say, you know, this is what you did. This is what people are responding to. Her reaction was, what did I do to you? Like why, you know, and it's like, no, 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 they're trying to help you, you know? And I think even Andy at one point was like, this is, this is constructive criticism, Hannah, that they're trying to give you.
3: And a lot of, you know, anytime Hannah and I got into an argument over the past years, it was. It started out with me just trying to like give her insightful information into something with the whole, when, you know, she sat us down after the beach and told us about like Luke not liking Dez because like Des didn't hang out with anyone. I was trying to like let her know, you know, a lot of people felt that way. I was trying to have a conversation with her so like she can understand where people are coming from, but there's always this extreme defensiveness and everyone else is to blame and she's innocent in all of it. And, you know, we're all just these terrible people who are out to get her and take her down.
2: Yeah, I mean, I if I have to listen to one more soundbite that someone sends me, where she's making me into this like abusive, patronizing, egomaniac, it's just kind of like, Hannah, you raise your voice in every situation with everybody this summer.
3: And even though she's not, you know always directly talking about me to to use these buzzwords against Kyle she's insinuating that I'm I'm weak I'm a doormat I you know let Kyle walk all over me I'm you know I'm I'm being abused it's just like even though she's not saying anything about me directly that's what she's insinuating and it's it's really sickening and and sad at this point yeah i mean i i certainly felt like i
0: as a fan did not get enough time spent on the fact that she brought up her own father in that conversation with you, Kyle, and then yelled at you for bringing up her dad and and stormed off.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, she's she's said this a dozen times in other podcasts that she's like, well, you didn't see the other 55 minutes of that, that conversation. It's just like, I wish people did, honestly, and- because it would add more context and make her look even worse.
3: <laughs> and the other, the, that conversation that she says it was so terrible and was like the worst things that have ever been said about her in her entire life. I, I was watching from the window. We all were. Hannah's arms were wailing the whole time. She was screaming. She stored off, stormed off three different times. And I was very proud of Kyle from what I could see for like trying to keep his cool and like stay seated and not freak out. So I don't know what, like, yes, everyone didn't see the whole conversation. Yeah, like the most, but the
2: most style
3: wasn't like the asshole.
2: The most extreme thing I brought up was like, hey, Hannah, stop doing like sponsored posts with like Coca-Cola in the house.
0: Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I guess I'm curious what you guys think changed going into this summer.
2: Oh, I actually figured this out the other day.
0: Oh, please share. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so what?
2: If you just scroll back and look at the post that Hannah put up while season four was airing because I, I, I too was trying to understand what changed what went wrong and you look at how much people were rooting for her and Luke and how much she was kind of still leading people to believe that they might actually end up together and it was like she was feeding off all of this love and support but at that point it was I mean it was like an empty wish because mm. I mean her and Luke were just friends and they were all hooking, they were all hooking up with different people at that point in time. So I think she kind of came into the summer. Yeah, I think they were coming. I mean, regardless of whether they talked or there was this emotional connection, you know, we were all aware that, I mean, she made it very public that they Instagram live and this, this, and that we were all aware that she was still leading people to believe that they could wind up together, even in, even in May, long after the reunion, she did an Instagram live, you know, a burning in hell episode where she goes, but you want to me, right? Mm-hmm. and it's just like Luke just gave this like nervous laughter and it was just like give it a rest and I think she came in thinking she could do no wrong That she had all this support and this this and that and now she's turned into like this feminist movement
3: well part and part two of that because I've been thinking about this too because it, it's as confused as everyone else is we are as well the moment where I threw my rose and it was a plastic cup at hannah what she had said which like infuriated me was she looked paige in the face and said i knew they were up to something or she said like i knew they were out to get me about kyle and i towards hannah so that first few weeks or first week or so in the house she thought that kyle and i were trying to like take her down or out to get her and that was a mentality she had going into the summer the rest of the summer And now watching it, she, for whatever reason, feels like two people who have their own shit that they're going through are trying to take Hannah down.
2: (laughs) Which I'm just like, I think everybody, after the first couple of weeks of this past summer, we were just tired of talking about Luke and Hannah. I I had no agenda. There was no vindictive plot. Like at some point, I think, me, everybody in the house and everybody watching was just like, oh my God, enough. You guys are never gonna happen. And that was not, you know, months in the making. That was just like, we tried to come in. I lasted a couple of weeks, bite my tongue. And then, yeah, obviously that fight we had was not about the trash. It was about her not taking any accountability and trying to make Luke into a monster. Now she's, now she's busy making me into a monster.
0: Yeah. You know, I feel like part one of the reunion, Luke gets a bit of a redemption in terms of everyone painting the picture of like what was really happening, going into the house and like, you know, the question of did he or did he not lead her on? However, I found the most shocking thing, Sierra revealing that after going to Minnesota with Luke for the second time, he blocked her on social media for eight months and just completely ghosted her.
3: Yeah, I, yeah, I mean- no like excuses for Luke. I think he was like getting back with his ex or something and maybe Sierra was like tempting for him, I don't know. But I, I think what people don't understand about the Sierra-Luke saga is that there's so much more history there and there's so so much more to un- unpack with them that people aren't really seeing. So I feel like right. Sierra like, gets-
2: Yeah, it was like there's this commonality between Sierra and, and Hannah but their actual experiences were quite
3: different. Different, yeah.
2: But you know, as far as Hannah was concerned, it got all lumped in as the same. Yeah, I I wasn't all that surprised because I knew he was in a pretty traumatic relationship with his ex that, you know.
3: Okay, but have you blocked exes? I was just gonna ask how many girls did you block when you locked it down with Amanda? How many girls have you hooked up with like when we were like unsure of what we were that, you've now like blocked on Instagram now that we're not No, gay. it was just
2: one crazy ex. But I think... But, she, but
3: that wouldn't you have to do with me. Sierra's not a crazy right. ex. I
2: think, like you said, it was probably tempting. He was trying to be, all right, if I'm getting back or, with my like, ex... Or like
3: prove something, like look at all the girls I've blocked. Like who even knows what his thought
1: I, process I, I was. I thought it was that
2: complicated.
3: <laughs> but it's <far. laughs>
1: Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account?
0: know we rarely get a walk off from a guy at a reunion so kyle it was very exciting to see you pull one off what made you get up and walk out
2: oh man i felt like such a diva (laughs) i don't i've never really watched housewife reunions so i you know i didn't know this was like a thing honestly i i was trying to remain and like calm and like keep my composure and you know, Hannah had been baiting me in like a dozen podcasts leading up to this. And I was trying not to take it because I've been trying to take the high road. Because I, I actually, just at this point, I feel bad for her.
3: It also and also was like, and Hannah... I just needed
2: to walk off and, and cool down yeah. because I was like, you know what? You can lie to my face, but I'm not going to continue to lose my shit.
3: What it felt like is Hannah was able to say like her side so often and, you know, Kyle myself we weren't able to rebuttal in the press because you know that's not how you communicate that's I don't know seems childish but this was our one opportunity to like finally open up and there I think there was a lot to say and
2: yeah she just kind of Kyle walked
3: away to kind of catch his breath and calm down so that he can come back level-headed I was I was very proud of him for multiple reasons well, I, <laughs> yeah.
2: I also like one of the frustrating parts was like she was regurgitating things that she's been saying over and over and over again. She's consistent. Right. And look, at one point, I I was like, oh, you need to go record your podcast. The, the, the thing is, <laughs> it's hard to film with someone that is so ingrained in the media and is so fascinated with doing podcasts. It's, it's Being on TV and sharing your lives is stressful enough. Add this layer that literally no one on any other show has to deal with because it's so over the top.
3: And it's not the podcast; it's the it's the outlet to continuously be able to voice her side and her thoughts and her story. And you know, she has all these connections and all these people that you know are willing to have her on. And we don't never have her. nor <laughs> you know want yeah want that opportunity. We're just
2: so it yeah it doing was, our
3: job here.
2: It was it was it's frustrating. You know, I, I, when you film with someone who wants to be on the, the other side of the fence talking about the show.
3: And I just want to add the reunion, we've, you know, we filmed it, it's airing. And I think the reason Kyle and I are so worked up right now is because there's just still things
2: yeah, even, being said. Even <laughs> after we filmed the reunion, even after the season finale has aired, you know, Hannah and Paige are doing countless podcasts that are just the same Driving home song. the
3: same points over and over. and. It's just...
2: It's like, guys, yeah. summer's coming. Like, this is like watching the Titanic.
3: You may have become our venting session.
0: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very happy for it. Is this hurting things with you and Paige though, Amanda? Because that would make me really sad.
3: Um, This most recent or like most recent podcasting they've done this past weekend or whatever it was, I've, you know, been sent clips of just, you know and it hasn't made things bad with Paige and I, it's just, I wish that maybe she would kind of like let Hannah know like, you know, all right, like that's, you know, that's not true. Or like, that's enough or like, okay, let's reel it in. Just like something because it, you know, it it's affecting, you know, a lot of things in my life. So I don't, you know, I know she doesn't want to get involved in it, but being there, like she's, she's the only person that can say, she doesn't have to take sides or like speak up. I just... And I haven't even talked to her about this yet, Um, but I just, you know, I wish that she could, you know, just try to tell Hannah, like, all right, like, take a deep breath. Like, you know, next, like, let's move on from this. We've like, you know, we're beating a dead horse at this point. Right.
2: I think it's like the rubber, the rubber stamping of it is, I think, a little upsetting.
3: Yeah. I think it was
0: most telling for me and my co-host Eric as fans to hear Danielle be vocal about her perspective on things at the reunion because she wasn't so involved with the Hannah stuff this season but like hearing her take on it and her being like Hannah the stuff didn't just happen to you you played a part in every single you know argument that happened was like wow Danielle's you know the voice of reason I think to a lot of people so that said something
3: yeah I think I mean Danielle is like she tells it how it is she, you know we've seen her tell Lindsay how it is I've you know, I've watched them. She tells everyone how it is. She's told Carl, she's put Kyle in his place. Like Danielle is a good egg. There was something recently that I think Hannah even said that like Danielle's mad because Hannah didn't like fight with her about her hooking up with Luke. And like Danielle, I think was like, Luke denied her and she was like embarrassed about it. And to, to try to bring Danielle down for being so honest about something and like, admitting something that she did and talking about how it's kind of embarrassing for her. Yeah. I mean, Danielle's a good freaking person, man. And if you have bad things to say about her, then, you know, I don't uh, yeah, know. Yeah, like her
2: uh, Hannah's rebuttal was like didn't listen to any of that that feedback, but clearly you're upset that you didn't get more airtime based on the triangle between you, me, and Luke. It was like baffling. <laughs> wow.
0: Well, on to something that I'm really excited. I mean, I know you probably can't say too much, but Bravo did give us a little Easter egg that showed the Summer House and Southern Charm casts together. Yeah. What can you tell us about that project?
3: Oh uh, <laughs>
2: clearly we love tug of wars. That's all I can say.
3: Yeah, I don't, I mean, I truthfully, I don't I don't know much. I don't remember much. So that's all I can tell you. <laughs> It was a blur. <laughs> Thank you for that tease, you guys. Um,
0: I will be pumping you for more info later. But then lastly, I know your wedding is finally coming up. Tell me everything.
3: Yes. So it is not in June. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we it got to the point where in the winter, things are picking up again with COVID and all the strands and things shutting down. And and the vaccine you know didn't seem to be progressing as quickly as we thought it would and we just decided to get out of our contract and push it back again
2: yeah to be honest it was like we had so much financial exposure that when we had an out we we took it because our
3: venue venue was indoors there was no outdoor option so and our minimum was 225 so there was We couldn't guarantee that we could have 225 people inside a venue on June 18th. So we were like, let's just do it uh, in my parents' backyard in September. I mean, we
2: we'd always, you know, up until when we were making this really tough decision, we were well aware that most venues are booking in through 2022 right now because of the backlog. So there wasn't even an option to start our fourth. Well, I didn't search. want to start yeah. another.
3: I had exhausted all my venue options, yeah. and I, I kind of had this dream one night about what it could look like in my parents' backyard. It was very weird, and I was like, "Why don't we do it in their backyard? They yeah. have this beautiful, you know, plot of property. Like they just plot of, plot property. of property that wasn't right. <laughs> plot, of land. plot of land, property, same thing. And you know, I just feel like we could it's just that like epic party that we want to have. And we just had essentially a backyard wedding on Summer House. It was so and sweet. that was so beautiful yeah, it was and it like, was very so
2: sentimental.
3: minimal, right? Yeah. Like it wasn't anything that was over the top. And I feel like that was that push for me to say, okay, let's do this in my parents' backyard. We can do the same thing and it's going to be such an amazing We night. just need Rob. Yeah, obviously not caterer. Cater.
2: But I think the stressful thing, as we're now learning, is now we're in the thick of it. To do a backyard wedding, you actually spend more money.
3: <laughs> yeah. it's like, Just as much. It's like,
2: wait a minute, what? It's yeah. like, yeah, we need a tent for the kitchen. We have to recreate a kitchen. I
3: feel like all those wedding and bridal reality shows where they're like on a budget doing it in their backyard is just a lie because no one is telling me that it's, we're yeah, going to save any costs money here. More.
2: It's like, oh no. It's but like father of the
3: bride. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I thought this was like the cheaper option. Like, oh, just do it in your backyard. It is, it is not. And all we're trying to do is rent a tent right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> even, 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 yeah, we're, we're basic, the basics first, trying to rent the tent, figure out what the head count is, and then florist and caterer and all that good stuff just will have to happen and
3: have to come together. I needed my summer house cast to uh, throw me another wedding. <laughs> yeah, and on my own. <laughs> well, I think the silver lining
0: is that you guys are still so excited to get married. Um, you know, a lot of relationships did not make the cut through the pandemic. So I think that just says so much about you guys and where you are. And I think it's just like, it's very, for someone who's been watching this show all these seasons, it's so nice to see.
3: Yeah. And I will, you know, we're always been open and honest about our relationship and very transparent. Everyone's seen our ups and downs. Like we we were no by no means like in a perfect relationship, nor do we try to pretend to be. I think this summer we were actually just really happy. Because it felt like we made a breakthrough during our like darkest moments of COVID, and I think a lot of people hit you know a bottom point, and we were just actually like happy to like be in the Hamptons and outside and in a change of scenery with other people, and you know we're still you know every we still we're not perfect, we still like yeah. have our ups we
2: still and downs. went back to our apartment <laughs> <It> was,
3: like, <laughs> we still our apartment in Manhattan, but yes, like we I think for us going through what we did with the pandemic really, you know, pushed us closer together um, and brought out a better side of both of us at the end of the day. And it's really helped with our communication and just like understanding each other's feelings and respecting each other's space. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> well,
0: I'm really excited for part two of the reunion. And I want to thank you guys so much for joining me today.
3: Thank you. Absolutely. Again, thanks for listening to our event session. Oh my God, anytime. Just call me up and we'll, really? we'll do it. Wow. <laughs> you know, I feel bad, but you know, I feel like we've had to get it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. And remember, watching Bravo isn't a guilty pleasure.
4: It's self-care.
0: Guys, let's keep the conversation going. We want to talk to you all week long. You can find us on Instagram at Bravo Daily
4: Dish. And on Twitter at Bravo TV. Just don't forget to use the hashtag Bravo Daily Dish.
0: Or reach out to us personally. I'm everywhere at Meg Segura.
4: And I'm everywhere at Eric J. Mac. That's E-R-I-K.
0: And if you're on Facebook, join the Daily Dish Facebook group.
4: You can post about what you're watching, your favorite shows, who's your favorite housewife, ask a question, start some drama. There's a lot of good stuff in there, so check it out.
0: You can also learn more about the podcast at bravotv.com.
4: Bye, guys.
3: Bye.
1: Looking fun, and I got
3: my girls with me. With the boys at the table getting tipsy. Miss me, kiss me.